everyone and welcome to Girls with Vision. Today I have a special guest on the podcast and her name is Julia. Julia, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what do you do? Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Julia. I'm a 17-year-old girl from Connecticut and I run an Instagram. I don't know if I should call it a blog or like a public journal, but a page called The Life of Balance that I started almost a year ago. I started October of 2020 and now it's August of 2021. And it is all about my journey to forming a healthy relationship with food and body image and exercise in a non-toxic way. And, you know, kind of breaking free from diet culture and my past eating disorder and just documenting my recovery journey. Yeah, so Julia, how long have you been involved in this type of work? And what made you want to start your social media page? So I haven't done anything related to eating disorders or diet culture, like voicing it publicly until I started my page. So I would say 11 months. And I started it because I struggled in like secrecy for two years. I didn't really tell anyone because I was ashamed. And I started receiving help. Like I knew I had a problem in March of 2020. So I went from March to October secretly working on myself and getting better. But I felt like I wasn't achieving true recovery because I was hiding this whole part of myself. You know, it felt like really took over a lot of my life. And I knew I needed to come clean in order to fully achieve recovery. So that's honestly the sole reason why I started it. Because I said, hey, if you open up to people, then you actually have to keep going with this. I love the fact that you use social media to advocate for body positivity and to spread awareness because I feel like it's not really talked about enough in the media. Uh, Why do you think there's such a negative stigma around body positivity and eating disorders? And how do you use your page to try to fight that negative stereotype? Well, actually on my page, I don't really talk about body positivity. Like I'm not necessarily, this might sound very controversial, but I'm not necessarily for myself, at least. I don't really understand the body positivity movement. I'm more of a part of the body acceptance movement because I know I have a mindset where I believe, I don't think I'll ever get to a place where I love my body. Like, and a lot of people can say that's so negative, but that's just the truth. That's who I am but I want to be able to accept my body and appreciate it for everything it does. I want to be able to wake up one morning and say, yeah, I don't necessarily love my body right now, but I'm going to accept it and I'm going to move on with my day. And it's, oh, I'm so sorry. And it's not going to affect me, but I think it's just too unrealistic to ask myself to love it all the time. So that's why body positivity isn't necessarily for me, but I think if other people want to engage in it, then they should. Yeah, so uh, can you share your view on how the media portrays, like, I feel like these unrealistic body ideals and these different diet, and I think, you know, like diet culture, what do you think about those kind of ideals in the media? I mean, they're obviously very unrealistic. Many of the models that we see that we look up to are photoshopped. It's just the diet industry is this huge industry and how they profit is off of insecurities. So they do this by photoshopping models, by saying, hey, this is a body that is the best body. It's not, but they say it's the best. And that's how they make money just by giving a certain body like adjectives such as best, beautiful and other bodies as 
unattractive, undesired. And I, it's obviously not okay because all bodies are perfect bodies. You know, if a body can function and support you and is healthy for your lifestyle, then it should be accepted by society. We should not look at certain bodies and believe they're bad just because an industry is trying to say it's bad to make money. So how are you fighting those um, unrealistic beauty standards and body standards using your page? So on my page, I tried to fight the unrealistic standards by talking about how when I was constantly trying to lose weight and have a certain body, how it negatively impacted my mental health. That's really what I talk about because it was on my, during my eating disorder, you know, one of my goals was obviously get skinny, lose weight, but I was in the worst mental state I'd ever been in trying to achieve that thin ideal body. So I guess my main way of combating it is saying, hey, I went through this, maybe I achieved a thinner body, but did it make me any happier? Did it make me love myself more? No way, no way. And I hope that people can see through my experience, okay, maybe trying to achieve that body won't actually make me gain confidence or won't make me love myself more. Yeah, so I think it's really important that you're trying to, you know, bridge the gap between staying healthy, but also still not caring too much about what you look like and, you know, how much you weigh. So Mm -hmm. what do you do to stay healthy while still advocating for anti-diet culture, body acceptance? Yeah, that's a huge part of my account, like advocating health in an anti-diet culture way. So I really focus on exercising for a feeling rather than an appearance. So I believe for me, at least it's really important to get movement in every day for my, whether it's my mental health, but also my physical health, but the diet culture way of exercise would be, Hey, work out until you're dripping sweat or work out until you burn X amount of calories or something like that. Whereas I try to say, work out in ways that make you feel good. For example, some days I'll be really tired and all my body wants to do is yoga. So I'll do yoga. Whereas other days, maybe I want to go for a run or something very cardio heavy. So I really advocate for movement, but I like term it enjoyable movement because that's how it should make you feel. You should be enjoying the movement rather than dreading it and feeling like you have to do it. So that's one way I advocate to live a healthy lifestyle while not engaging in diet culture. Yeah, I think it's important how you talked a little bit about how you're exercising for a feeling and not to achieve a certain type of body. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think you would tell yourself, you know, a year ago, two years ago, when you were still trying to lose weight, trying to become skinny? What's like a piece of advice that you would give to your past self? You'll never be satisfied. You know, I always told myself, hey, when you reach this weight, you can stop when you eat this amount of calories, you'll be proud of yourself. But you know, it was just never enough because that's kind of how, in my experience, how my eating disorder worked. It was always pushing me to go do this or that. But whenever I pushed myself to achieve that, obviously awful goal, I still wasn't satisfied. It's like this, it's like kind of a person, a toxic friend in a way in eating disorder, but they're toxic. They're not really your friend saying, oh, if you do this, you'll be happy, but you never will. So it would definitely be to tell myself the voice is lying to you. Yeah, I think uh, in this day and age, there's a lot of girls, even like young 10, 11 year old girls who see these role models on the internet 
and they have like this ideal body type and they want to lose weight or gain weight to try and be like those models. Mm -hmm. So why do you think there, that there is such a push of a perfect body in the media? And why do you think that there's been such a big surge in girls who are unhappy with their body? I think the surge is definitely because of social media. I mean, I know back in like the 60s, our parents' age, my mom will always talk to me. She had a lot of body image issues and looked up to her friends who were had bodies that she wanted, but she says she can tell how it's definitely much more prevalent now because of social media. You know, I think TikTok really fosters a negative environment for this. You're scrolling on your free page and you see someone in a bikini and all the comments say, bod goals, I want your body. And so I think that really pushes it, the feelings of like dismay towards your body. And then I also believe it's so prevalent now just because it is a growing industry. And it's just, maybe this is more of not necessarily the desired answer, but it is an industry and they're trying to make money. So the more money they want, the more they're going to push. Yeah. So now we talked about a little bit about, you know, your exercise and also your body acceptance movement. Can we talk a little bit about um, your food part of your blog? I know you do a lot of like, not really recipes, but like different types of foods and what's, uh, yeah. So where do you get inspiration for the different food that you eat? And yeah. So the foods that I eat, I practice intuitive eating, or I say I practice, I'm trying to learn intuitive eating. It's definitely something very hard to do if you're coming from a restrictive relationship with food. So I try to listen to my mind and say, Hey, what are you intuitively craving right now? And I find that a lot of the times I actually crave nourishing foods, but so I will make foods like a salad filled with all food groups, you know, a carb, a protein and a fat. And then other times I'll say, if you follow me, you'll know ice cream is my favorite food in the world. And I'll say, you know what? I really want ice cream right now. So the foods that I choose are really just based off of not only what my mind is craving, like sometimes ice cream, but also what I know hey, maybe you've been eating a lot of ice cream recently. What does your body need? And I'll check in with my body and see, okay, maybe it's craving some nutrients. Yeah, so were you always like this where you followed intuitive eating or is it more something that you've adopted recently and you're still trying to work on? So before I developed an unhealthy relationship with food, I was definitely an intuitive eater where in a sense that I would I would eat what I was craving. However, I don't know if I was very intuitive with the amounts that I ate. Definitely before my eating disorder formed, I overate a bit, not in a binging way. I just ate portions probably bigger than I needed just because I liked food, but I was very intuitive with my choices. You know, some days I just genuinely wouldn't crave desserts. Some days I would, very intuitive like that. During my eating disorder, not intuitive at all. I just lived by a calorie count. I ate foods that diet culture said, hey, these are, I'm doing quotations, like quote unquote, good foods, avoided bad foods, definitely not intuitive. And then it was when I started recovery where I said intuitive eating is the type of eating style I need to adapt. Yeah, um, you talked a little bit about your eating disorder. Can you tell me when did that start and what's your experience with it right now? Are you still fighting it? Yeah, so it started, it's kind of 
a long story, but I can give a rundown. So like I mentioned before, how I, before my eating disorder began, I would kind of overeat just from puberty. You know, I was 13 going, have going through puberty and overeating just because, you know, food is fun. So it's delicious. Sometimes you don't know when to stop. I had naturally put on some weight and people in my life made comments saying, Hey, Julia, maybe you should watch what you eat. And then I went to the doctors and then they weigh you. And then they're like, Oh no, you've gained a large amount of weight in a short period of time. But you know, it didn't really bother me. I was very, very not confident in my looks, very self-conscious about my face actually, but I never thought about my body. So it didn't really bother me. And then I went away to sleepaway camp for the summer, put on even more weight with my friends. And when I got back, I said, okay, maybe I do need to lose some weight, but it started out very healthy. You know, when I went out for pizza with friends, instead of having maybe four slices, I'd have two with a side salad. Or when I was making breakfast, I remember we went to this restaurant instead of ordering lots of like pastry type breakfast, I ordered eggs, but also at half a pastry, it was a very, what I believe is a very healthy lifestyle changes, but then it all escalated. I'm not going to necessarily get into it, but I had some family issues occur and I felt so like sad in my life and out of control in a way, like all of this is happening in my family and I can't do anything about it. So let me control something that I can control. And for me, that was my weight and my food. So it wasn't necessarily, my eating disorder actually didn't start by let me get skinny and look like these models. It started by saying, hey, let me control something. So I learned about calories and I set a calorie limit and I tracked them every day. And it really just went on for a year, you know, of me tracking every single thing I ate. If it was a singular goldfish, I would log it, you know, something like that, deeming some foods as off limits. Some foods are okay to eat, not hanging out with friends. Say my friends are hanging out and they said, Hey, let's go to the diner. I would make an excuse like, Oh, I'm hanging out with my mom. So I wouldn't have to go out to eat. And it really just took over my life until I no longer really had a life because I had no friends. Cause I always declined the invites and I just lived day by day, planning what I would eat, controlling what I was eating, you know, in the end, it wasn't even still, it was never about my body. It was just about controlling a number on the scale and controlling the calories. But it's funny because a lot of my body, my, a lot of my um, body image issues actually occurred when I started recovery and I had to give up the control with counting calories and the number on the scale, because now that I can't focus on that, it's my body that's left to focus on. That was very long. (laughs) That was detailed and it was interesting. Um, I think there's so many girls that go through it. So this is definitely helpful. Um, When did you realize that your relationship with food was unhealthy? And when you did realize this, was there anyone that you turned to like your mom or even like a therapist, did you turn to anyone when you realized that it was so unhealthy? So I think I probably, let's say this got bad, you could say in January of 2019, I think I first opened up to someone in December of 2019. So a year of complete secrecy, didn't tell anyone, just acted. I told everyone I was just being healthy, you know, the word that we use to disguise, or a lot of people use to disguise eating disorders. And then I remember in December, one day going to my mom saying, 
but I was saying, Hey, I think I have some struggles with food. And she had known that I lost a lot of weight. It was obvious, but I, like I said, I had family issues going on and it's sad, but the truth was, I think a lot of people in my family had their own things to deal with. And so they didn't necessarily see like what I was going through and I do not blame them at all. I just think that's the truth. So when I told my parents, they said, okay, let's work on this, but I don't think they realized the extent of it. So I kind of kept it private. And then February of 2020 was when my mom noticed some, like she had always noticed something, but something else happened. And then they're like, okay, time to get help. <laughs> so it, it was, um, you know, me opening up, but then we're us not really doing anything. And then my mom coming to me saying, we need to do something. So it was both of us kind of. Yeah, I'm glad that you have like a good relationship with your mom that could have helped you, that did help you with your journey. For mm -hmm. girls that don't have those kind of figures in their life, who would you recommend they go to when they are facing these kind of body issues? Well, I would say it's very, very nice to talk out how you're feeling. So definitely try to find someone, whether that could be a person online, maybe you follow someone who promotes a lifestyle that you really want to um, have in the future, maybe just sending them a direct message asking for advice or sharing a story. I know writing for me helps a lot. So just sending a message. I know there are tons of support groups online that you can join, like so many of them. I think NIDA, the National Eating Disorder Awareness, even as a hotline that you could call, there are plenty of options. I mean, like I said, I started an Instagram account for me to kind of come to terms with what I was going through. So I'm, I know starting an Instagram isn't really for everyone, but if you want to make an anonymous one and just journal out how you're feeling, I'm sure you'll find a community of some amazing people who are on the same journey as you. Yeah, so as you know, this podcast is about inspiring young girls by showing them positive female role models. So that's why I think it's really important to tell them, you know, like if you need role models, like go to this place. So that's great that you, you know, talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Do you have any um, last words for the girls listening to this that may be struggling with an eating disorder or are just, you know, listening for the heck of it? I just want to say if you're listening, I hope that means you are wanting to get better and find your own version of your healthiest self. And you might feel like right now it's not possible. And I'm here to tell you it is, it's not easy. You know, I've been in recovery now for almost a year and a half and I still have my struggles. There are still days where it's so hard, but it does get easier. It really does. Yeah. And lastly, uh, where can my listeners find you online? Yeah, so my Instagram is the life of balance. I also have a TikTok, which is the life of balance. And I have a website, which I'm not very active on, but that's the life of balance with julia.com. And finally, I have an email, <laughs> which is julia.and.thelifeofbalance at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Julia. This conversation was amazing. Really, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. 
Today, we've been joined by Julia, who's the founder of The Life of Balance. She's also a healthy eating advocate and body acceptance movement advocate. Don't forget to go follow Julia on Instagram at, at The Life of Balance, and also go follow Girls with Vision podcast on Instagram at, at Girls with Vision underscore podcast. Thank you for listening.